Well, if it isn't your bestest pal, Alex Keller. And your worst enemy, Mike Harding. We've used that one before. I should think of new, clever intros. And it's the Filmtastic Voyage. believe it i don't even know well either, either way the, this is a bad <laughs> intro uh man over the weekend make i bought so many movies really how many movies i bought like you? half a dozen movies i bought like half a, so six yeah what do, you, what do you want me to, i'm being a little i gotta dress up my numbers man i can't just say six movies i'm being a little fancy you bought so you bought six movies yeah sure uh you know i got certain movies like training day uh jumanji oh. and avengers infinity war which jumanji the jumanji the Jumanji. There's okay. A, if I was, if I, I would have said Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. If I meant the other one, Mike, I'd be specific. <laughs> Which is also, you know, it's a movie worth owning, oh. I suppose. Um, okay. Man, you know what? So Avengers: Infinity War is still great. Obviously. Yeah. But you know what was really disappointing? So I what? was like, I'm gonna dive in all these bonus features. See how they made Thanos. Because I, uh, I love watching yeah. people make VFX, and so I watched some of the bonus features. What happened to bonus features, man? What are happened? they just not there? Any- what, what, what they're you- there. Oh, they're there. But they're not bonus features. Well, there was like a two-minute gag reel, which was fun. Uh-huh. And then I watched a couple of bonus features, and they're just commercials for the movie I just watched. Oh. Like the... the the the, the trailers? The Thanos featurette was like five minutes of footage of the, of the movie I just watched, of Thanos being like, I'm Josh Brolin, it's Thanos. And like one minute of talking heads being like, yeah, Thanos is like our baddest film we ever had. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this... Piece, let's, 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 did they do the thing feature. though? Did they do the thing though where they have like him walking and then they have like the the uh, the 360 turnaround camera angle where it goes from like um, you know uh, where it goes to like unrendered to like more. No, it didn't have anything. Like it didn't have any behind the scenes. Really, it was just talking about Thanos as a concept. It didn't have like the history of Thanos. Like it could have had like an hour long documentary about. Thanos's history in the comic books, how he was first created. Then you had like ten or fifteen minutes of just that, like his little <laughs> comic book history. And then you could have had like you know a whole forty-five minutes to an hour of just how the hell the digital domain and Weta make this awesome-looking CGI uh, guy. Which, uh, which, okay, because I also bought Infinity War. I haven't watched it yet. Which version edition did you? What, what did you buy? Four uh, K, my good sir. Okay. 4K. Uh, yes. 4K. Not ZOKs, 4Ks. Uh, because we bought the Steel Book, which comes with 4K and Blu-ray. Mm. But I don't know if that's like if that gives you more or if it just is the same thing. I think it's the same edition. They but it's thing, just but like it's in, in a Steel, steel book. book. Okay. Do you collect those? Sometimes. I don't really like Steel Sometimes. Books. Well, mostly because I, 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 buy, I buy one and it ruins my, my groove, you know? Uh, I, I, it, my, my whole thing is like, if I really love a movie, I'll do it. But if it's just like, meh, it is a fun movie, I'll, then I won't. You know what? It's also annoying about Steelbooks. I assume you get them from Best Buy. That's, I think they're Best Buy exclusive. Yeah, exactly. They? Yeah. But the Star Wars Best Buy Steelbooks are inconsistent. It's very annoying. 
What do you mean by like, that? Like the episode one through six steelbooks all have like faces of different people on them. Like it's like a very a, a, a one kind of art style. Uh-huh. Episode seven kind of works, but a little different. And episode eight is just the episode eight poster and steelbook. Oh. It's like, come on, guys, just keep your themes. Oh yeah, that's well, see, that's exactly like that kind of stuff is like. I want all my shit to match more or less. See, which is what you know. Box art's really important to me because I'm crazy. I'm I kinda, crazy person. I kind of almost think it's intentional, though. I kind of almost think it's this one of these things where it's like, okay, so we have the steel book of one through six, and then separately we have these releases of uh, seven and eight, and then once we have seven, eight, and nine, oh, dude, we'll come out with another steel book set where the, all those match, and then people <sighs> that want them to match will be like uh well i guess i'm gonna go to best buy now and and buy this whole thing so it matches well i mean after episode nine comes out you know and especially now that disney owns the distribution rights to the original trilogy oh, yeah. uh you bet your ass there's gonna be a big ass box set probably 4k a big 4k remastered box set. now will they do a true remaster of the original trilogy like a special edition-esque remastering i would hope so but we'll see uh do you think they'll do a non-special edition well, probably not, but we'll see. No. I imagine not just simply because George Lucas himself is like, I don't want anyone to see these original cuts, you know? Oh and so um, I imagine, you know, just so you don't piss off George Lucas, because George Lucas is still in the picture. He is, yeah. No, so, he's, he's still affiliated. I'm sure it was in, in his deal, too. I'm sure there was two stipulations in his deal to Disney of him selling Lucasfilm, one of them being never, ever, ever reprint Star Wars uh, Holiday Special. Mm. And then secondly, hey, the last cut that I made of this is the definitive cut. And that's it. I think they should still make like one last ultimate cut, Ridley Scott-esque ultimate edition, you know? Yeah. Just take out the scene, episode four, just take out that Jabba scene, it's useless. You know, take out that song, Return of the Jedi, clean up some of the VFX, maybe take out a couple of the more, or at least update some of the worst-looking special edition effects, and there you go, you're done. I'd be fine with that, That's honestly. That's all you need to do. I would, yeah, I'd be fine with that. They need to make it so it's not, in, it's like non-intrusive, because I felt like special edition, they put stuff in there, and it felt intrusive. Like the Jabba scene. It's yeah. like, hey, let's just like take a knife and cut the cut the momentum of this movie in half by throwing this weird-ass Jabba scene in there. Yeah, and like, yeah, but like... There's a lot. I think the the changes, the good changes to bad changes, out you know, good changes outweigh the bad changes. I would just you know, you know, VFX has progressed so much in 20 years, 22 yeah. years since it's come out, that or 21, I guess, uh, that you can you know, redo all those dobacks and make them look photorealistic, and they won't l- look completely out of place anymore. Well, get rid of them in that one fucking scene where the one that one is like walking in front of the camera. Yeah, they get rid of get that. Get rid one. of that. And that one, yeah, it, I don't understand the point of that. Yeah, but yeah, that's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Um, so you rewatched Infinity War? Oh yeah, just yeah. And uh, you st- feel the same about it or what? Yep, no different. So good. Right. Right um, yeah, I'm yet to rewatch it, but I will soon. It's just a he- it's a tall order that Infinity War. Such a tall order. It's very long. You need time to watch that. Mm, need the time know? zone. And you need another hour to cry after Spider Man dies. Hey, spoilers. <laughs> Oh, whatever. If people haven't seen that movie, Jesus Christ. Yeah, come on. My parents have seen it. Yeah. Like, seriously. Um, That's like history in the making right there. I was thinking whilst watching the movie, though, I was like, how are they going to advertise? How are they going to market Spider-Man Far From Home? Because Spider-Man Far From Home comes out next year. It's the movie that comes out after. It's the third of the, the, the you know, Marvel has three movies a year nowadays. Yeah. It's the third one. Wow. So it's, it's they're, the first they're going every four. They're going every two years with that, huh? Spidey? Spidey. 
They kind of did that with Thor, didn't they? Didn't wasn't uh, Thor was, no Thor one was twenty eleven. Thor, Thor two, two 20, was twenty thirteen. So yeah, and then so they did Thor three was twenty seventeen. No, but yeah, so it's like the first two Thors were yeah. You got the, yeah. the, the, the same with Iron Man, I think, except for the third one. It was twenty eight or two thousand eight, twenty ten, and then two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess so. And then Captain America, right? That was. Uh, 2011, 2014, then 2016. Yeah. And the thing about the Spider-Man movies based on the other Spider-Man, it's like they're not nearly as explosively effects heavy, it seems. Uh-huh. Because it's the sort of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man doing Spider-Man stuff. So you don't have to... I can imagine you wouldn't have to go so far... Like, you wouldn't have to do, like, the the Infinity War kind of... We're making basically entire worlds and CG uh-huh. on a green screen and stuff like that. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think... Everybody can assume that they're not gonna just have all the superheroes dead, anyways. I, I think that's not much of a spoiler, and you, you know what I mean. They, they could they could advertise a Spider-Man movie without it necessarily clashing with yeah. Well, I Infinity mean, War they plans. might have it take place before Infinity War because there's still oh, some wiggle room there, you know. Weird. Um, <laughs> I can imagine, but like if it takes place after Infinity, War, I wonder how they're gonna do it because they're gonna. Basically, be having because you have to have the trailer come out before Infinity War comes out. So yeah. it's like so in the, like just so you know, Spider Man's not dead at the end of the next movie. But just ignore this and watch the next one. Well, okay. So how big of a gap is it between what between Infinity War and Spider Man? I think it's May and July. Oh wow, that same is with uh, no or time. April. I think it's April now. It's April and July. I think same with Ant Man and. I think. Right, it's that same timeline. I, I can look it up. I don't remember. Because I was going to say, if it was like a winter movie somehow, then they could get away with it. Spider-Man's but for the summertime. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Winter Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, you man. You know how come Spider-Man... Yeah, Spider-Man's never doing shit in the winter, is he? Like, it's never like yeah. the frigid New York winter, and Spider-Man's never swinging around. It's always the summertime with Spidey. He never has any winter-themed villains. No, that's true. Yeah, he, there's never any snow people. But he's never like swinging in his skin tight uniform or whatever, like in the cold. cold, And he's always like, Jesus Christ, it's cold. I'm sure it's happened, but it's not very, I've never seen it. Like, I can't picture it. I've never read a a comic or seen one of the cartoons with him doing that. (laughs) Especially not one of the movies. Except for that one scene in like Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man where he's all sad. Oh, fuck Or Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's, you know, it's winter and the seasons are changing and he's all sad. I feel like they, with Sp- Amazing Spider-Man Two, I feel like they, they had a very damaged movie, and then maybe the last twenty minutes of it, they were really, really trying to pull you by the heartstrings. One of the things they did is they had, yeah, they had uh, Peter Parker sitting by Gwen Stacy. I was about to say Gwen Stefani's grave, Gwen Stacy's grave for like s- seasons, like winter, fall, summer, spring, whatever. Like like a year or something, right? And then the other thing they did is they had a little kid dress up like Spider Man and try to attack Rhino, and I was just like, "Man, movie, stop it!" That happened in Nine Man Two, though, where that little kid dressed as Iron Man. It was actually Peter Parker, apparently, uh, tried to attack one of them robots. Wait, serious? What? Yeah, remember, do you do you know what I'm talking about? First of all, the the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah and apparently. Um, that's Peter. Well, Parker? what happened is Tom Holland was like, "Hey, wouldn't hey hey Kevin Feige wouldn't be cool if like in the universe that was like a little Peter Parker character?" Feige's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, go away, kid." <laughs> so it's it's canon now, I guess. Interesting. Like, not like in universe canon, but basically like you know, 
off right off universe canon that it's right. uh, that was little 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 itty bitty Petey Piper. <laughs> <laughs> so this next Spider Man movie, Far From Home, uh Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, I'm guessing that's a rumor. I think it's confirmed. It is confirmed. Okay, so I think. Uh, what could the possible premise of that movie be? So you can do whatever the fuck he wants. He'll like, probably be like, you know, they're going to like, probably like, they're going to Europe, I assume, and they're probably gonna, he's probably going to rob some sort of museums or whatever the fuck Mysterio does. Oh, okay. You know? Do you think this movie will have six writers like the last movie did? Yeah, that movie worked out really well. It did. But do you think they'd be like, okay, so all six writers, we're going to do this again? I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It just seems like an expensive idea. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, two of those writers went on to direct Game Night, so they're doing pretty good. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Um, speaking of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I will say that the uh, the the Gwen Stacy dying scene is pretty, pretty, pretty okay. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, I mean, as far as, like... The, well, actually, well, then... I don't know. Never mind. The whole... I mean, I, okay, her dying, that might not have been bad, but I know that they changed the reason, which I felt was... Was not, and I'm not saying this as a comic nerd. I'm saying this as like, I felt like it would have been better if they had stuck to the comic reason, because in the comic it was like, okay, in the movie it was like, oh, he was trying to grab her before she hit the bottom of the thing, and then he, the the, the spider web caught her, but then her head hit the ground. Wasn't I, that what it was in the movie? No, I think it was the same thing that happened. Oh, okay, where, where he where he grabs just, her, and then it's it, just, it was just like so close. Well, well, right, but in the comic, like he he does it, but then it like breaks her. Yeah, back it breaks or her neck. But like in, in the neck, movie, right? it does the same thing. I think it's just that it is like it was like so close cut that it looks oh, like she smacked okay. her head in the ground. Okay. And if she did, it would have been a lot gorier, I think. Oh right, yeah. Um. Okay, so that wasn't so bad. But then the whole like green goblin, thr- the whole blah, the whole like green goblin just coming in for ten minutes. I just. Yeah, I kind of want to see Ultimate Green Goblin. That'd be fun, where he's like a legitimate big monster. Yes, I feel uh, it is hard to make Green Goblin cool, uh, but maybe someone can do it. I mean, he—they've tried twice and have failed, kind of twice. Like Willem Dafoe was great. I mean, Willem Dafoe was chewing up the scenery in that first movie and second movie. Does the Green Ultimate Green Goblin has a, have a glider? I don't remember. I don't know if he does. I don't remember he him having have one. That purple, he doesn't have the purple hood. Well, no, he was just like a demon person. I don't remember him having... He was like a monster. Yeah. He was like an actual monster. But then he might have come back. I only read like the first arc, and I don't really remember him having The problem anything. with Green Goblin is he's just he is just like pure 60s nonsense. Like, he is just like the most campiest Marvel villain ever. There's no like... There's no like connective tissue between like a spider and a goblin. Like there's no, you know, there's, there's no connective tissue between bats and clowns. Well, well, no, but or cheetahs and Wonder Women. <laughs> Nothing makes sense, Mike. Comics are nonsense. Accept it. Yeah, I know. It's just, I think it would be hard for the the MCU, especially, to be like, okay, we're gonna make a cool Green Goblin. But who knows? Maybe they can. I don't know. You know what? They should make Aquaman's arch nemesis Landman. Landman, just a really like I'm Landman, Landman Calrissian. They used to be uh, rival truckers. They <laughs> Aquaman and Landman. They used to drive the same routes on the Highway Five with the same uh, uh, packing. Uh, meat, My Landman, meat, <laughs> meat packing trucks 
Well, he's the landman's just dumping like soil, like gravel into the oceans. Like I'm gonna fill in these oceans, right? Make yeah. the whole world land. And Aquaman's <laughs> like, stop that, stop it. Just imagine all the room we could have to live. All the malls, Aquaman. <laughs> Can't fill balls in the ocean, Aquaman. I want to solve overpopulation by making more land to live on, Aquaman. That sounds like an actually pretty legitimately like '60s comic book villain plan. Yes, and a very applicable. Uh, to today's society. It's almost like the opposite of The Spy Who Loved Me's plot. What, trying to make less Well, land? like, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me's plot's like, I'm going to cover the, the world in oceans so people can live under the water. That's Ugh. not what the villain sounds like at all. And uh, it's just the opposite of that. Wait, so he wanted... What? The, in James Bond and The Spy Who Loved Me in that movie, uh, yeah. the villain is like, all these fucking land dwellers, I'm going to sink the whole world, and then we're going to live under the oceans. Including him. Well, yeah, but he's got like a... I don't know exactly what his plan is. he got gills? Uh, he's got actually webbed hands, but that's oh. not really brought up in the movie. I like slightly remember that. Um, but he only... I don't remember there being like any kind of like settlements or something. I don't really... His plan is kind of nonsense. <laughs> it makes more... Like Moonraker, despite being a carbon ripoff of that plot, uh-huh. it makes more sense because at least that guy has like a little Noah's Ark. Uh-huh. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Mike, I saw lots of movies. Hey, I saw some, too. I saw so many movies. I know. We, we saw a couple. Uh, we, we, we both saw the same movies a little bit there. A little bit of crossover? Yeah. Oh, a crossover episode? Hey. Hey, everybody. Filmtastic Voyage, episode 101. We're going crazy. We're going crossover crazy over here. Mm. Oh, by the way, if you haven't found out already, everybody... Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. We are uh, video p- video casting our a little com- companion video cast over at YouTube right yeah. now. It's what we call one of those mid episode plugs. Yeah. Um. So just to let you know, we we have episode one hundred all already up on our YouTube, and this will be the second one up on our YouTube. And you can expect these going forward. That's I right. guess you know you get to, you get to watch us age. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. You can watch Mike's house gradually grow more and it's, more cluttered and then hopefully less and less cluttered. Well, less cluttered, yeah. Well, I mean, compared to last week, yeah. no offense, Mike, your house is lovely. Thank you. No, we, uh, we we have a dining room table right over there that we're, we have to un, unpack. And, and, and then you'll... So next... Well, no, not, not next episode, but the episode after that, you'll see that dining room table in the background or maybe not maybe something else <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned it's exciting this is thrilling anyway speaking of thrilling mike except not well i guess you could probably contribute that to this movie i saw what i consider and i don't know if you agree with me and i'm pretty sure you don't but i saw what i consider <laughs> one of the best movies of the year so far and the first movie i would say is best picture worthy and that is spike lee's black klansman i totally disagree oh <laughs> oh we're gonna be throwing hands i'm gonna throw some hands at you i already saw i throwing already some hands that was it. I threw hands. Okay. I already saw your review on uh, on Letterboxd. Spoilers. Stop I, spoiling. I noticed that you and your girlfriend both loved the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, you can follow us both on Letterboxd, but we'll plug that later. Um, so, Alex, tell me why you like the movie. I don't want sh- to shit on the movie. I like it because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I will shit on the movie. <laughs> no, uh, let, no. Let's hear it, though. Uh, I like it because it's a movie with something to say, and I appreciate movies with something to say. Okay. Um, you know, Spike Lee's got all the subtlety of a brick, 
Um, and he, all of his movies tend to be like that. But this one feels like it's like actually directed and has energy. And it's, I thought like a lot of the actual like direction, like his choice of shots and his choice of composition was really unique and interesting and really helped the movie. I liked its themes more than just the kind of the obvious racism is bad kind of themes. But it's like mm. greater themes like... What I really appreciated was sort of like it starts, you know, it starts. Also, everyone, it's full spoilers. I don't, you know, sorry. Spoilers, spoilers said This everybody. movie can't really spoil. You got to kind of, well, you can kind of spoil it, but there's not much to spoil. You yeah. know, it's more of a seeing, kind of got to see it movie. Sure. Yeah, there's no real spoilers. Uh, it starts with that famous shot from Gone with the Wind, which I still haven't seen, but I know that shot, you know. And then it has that moment. And then, but like it peppered out throughout the whole movie are these little bits, and you don't really think about it till the very end. Where it talk, where it's like just people talking about movies and talking about oh it's just a movie and at the end they're like show, they're talking about how birth of, uh, the birth of a nation um, you know reinvigorated the KKK and how that powerful this movie was and it can you know change public opinion and stuff and you know the 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 speaker in the movie uh, attributed to causing that horrific incident with that guy that lynching. And so it's sort of a commentary on how, you know, it's like, don't dismiss movies. Movies mean something. Movies are powerful. Movies have a lot of purpose and can, you know, convince people of a lot of things if done correctly. And so I thought that was very nice and interesting. Because, like, early in the movie, when they're talking about black exploitation movies, the main character's like, they're just movies. No one cares. Whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just kind of an interesting little little sub-theme thrown into the movie. I like how confrontational it is. I like how... Even though, again, it doesn't slack in subtlety, the, a lot of the characters literally look at the camera talking at you. It's like, hey, you, <laughs> listen to me. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that most people, I feel, would be too afraid, most filmmakers would be too afraid to, like, d- directly, ta- like, uh, you know, not even say target, I guess target their audience, directly speak to their audience. Like, it's like, I'm not bullshitting. This is what I'm trying to say. Because mm-hmm. most of the times it'd be like, oh, I got to got to pussyfoot around this so i got to make this more more like subtle or like you know make this like real like sub subtext i don't want to offend nobody uh-huh. so i really appreciated that this it's a kind of movie that i don't really see very often and spike lee tends to, to for me personally i enjoy most of his work but some of the times he in, does that kind of stuff in movies like that don't necessarily need it like 25th hour in my opinion is one of his best movies but at the same time there is some strangely out of place like uh tackling of racism uh-huh. which is it's like and those scenes are among the best scenes in the movie so it's like they work but at the same time they're like this is like it comes out of nowhere at least that's why i felt but this movie it's much more focused hmm. and uh you know other things well why do you hate it mike well i don't hate the movie uh i give it a i i give it a passing grade i um i mean it's interesting that you say that it's focused because if anything i felt like it was a bit unfocused Maybe comparatively speaking to his other work, maybe it's a little bit more focused. But like, uh, okay, see, it's hard to get into this because I it this is pure opinion. I I feel like a lot of people loved the movie, and then there was maybe less people that had some issues with it. Um, I I'm glad it was made. I'm glad that I saw it. But like, uh, I don't know it. Let's start with the ending. That's because that's the first thing I can think of is the ending. Like the very ending? Y- yes. Like not that story ending, but like the the postscript, the uh, well, the epilogue. But it basically, I mean the 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 movie sort of thrusts you into it basically. So the movie ends with these two arguing about the main character being a cop and of course uh his girlfriend 
is uh, very uh, very uh, wary of of the police. Well, not necessarily the girlfriend because she's trying to. She's saying, "I can't do this." And right. So that 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 that's never resolved. And it was continuing. So then they look out the window, and then there's like a, a KKK uh, cross burning going on outside. But you sort of get the feeling it's not actually outside there. It's place. in the distance. It's sort of just like. This is happening. Surreally happening. Like it's like outside the world a little bit or something. Yeah, you got that classic um, Spike Lee people on like cart yeah, cam, which yeah. he does in like all of his movies. And it's always it's always kind of weird, but I also do appreciate it. It's a cool effect. Right. And then it cuts to a bunch of 2017 uh race uh like race the, riots. The Charlottesville basically. Charlottesville riot. stuff. Yeah. So and that's hey, you know, uh, Again, like I'm not going to complain about someone bringing that up because I mean, yeah, the the Charlottesville stuff was scary and like, you know, people should know about it and remember it, but I don't know quite how like I don't see the connective tissue, I guess narratively between mm. that footage at the end of like a car running over people and all that stuff. I don't see the like the narrative connective tissue between that and then the rest of this movie. Which was sometimes like comedic, sometimes dramatic. Like that was something I felt kind of weird about. Is like um, the trailer makes it seem like it's a comedy. You go into the movie, and you know there's pockets of of comedy, but it's not quite a comedy. And then there's and then there's and then there's pockets of like more serious moments, but it's not quite serious. And whatever, I mean, that works for plenty of movies, but I think in this movie, it it felt a little bit indecisive about it. I'd call it a lighthearted drama, if anything. Okay. Like, I never, it kind of, it tonally, I didn't have any problem with it. I felt like, you know, it had jokes when it needed jokes, and for the, and it's a serious subject, and you don't want to be too dour about it, you know? Because mm-hmm. you can be, but like, it's not trying to be that kind of movie. Anyways, to your point about the ending, though, I think the ending is probably one of the most por- very important scenes of the whole movie. Because what the ending does is two things. In my mind, one is that like the movie, like you know, the end and the spoiler alert, again, um, you know, they fool the KKK and this whole thing, and those guys mm-hmm. go to jail, and everyone, it's a big, you know, sort of victory. Yeah. Um, and so it's like we did it, but at the same time, like racism is not dead, and the ending is like to illustrate that like nothing was really solved, like racism still an issue. Well, you can't sh- just say we sure. did it and like walk on. You gotta. This is something still worth fighting. And two is most importantly, it contextualizes the movie uh, in history. Like, you see movies that are, like, made in pockets, and, like, you don't exactly know what exactly they're saying. By putting this thing at the end of this movie, it's like, this movie is a response to what is going around right now. That's, like, this is Mm. basically adding, like, a little extra bit of documentary to ground the movie in reality, to make it a movie about something of the time. So 10, 20 years from now, when you watch the movie, you know exactly what the movie is talking about, Mm, as opposed to just being this sort of... You know, movie set in like in like it was made in the seventies. You're like, what, what exactly is this movie the response to? I'm not really sure. You know, because that happens see. a lot with movies, and yeah. I think that's one of the more brilliant moves is just sort of being like, you know, this movie just take sort of taking a stand and being like, this is a movie of this time for this time. And this is exactly why this movie's being made. Gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, I give it a passing grade. I just um for my own personal enjoyment or my own personal uh, viewing. I, I, I just, I don't put it up on, on the level of being best picture material, I guess. But again, like it's, it's, it's sort of the, one of those things where it's like, I liked it, but I didn't love it that, you know, like that's, that's sort of where I am with it. I mean, like by the end of the year, I might not 
I might not think it deserves to be up there, but like so far in the year, I think it's the first one that's like this feels like a movie that if it won Best Picture, it could it could get away with it, you know. See, I would say, and I know you haven't seen this yet, and, and this and I haven't seen all the movies again. Yeah. This this might even be sort of like, uh, like I thought Blind Spotting might have been that for me. Um, uh, and I mean, it doesn't deal with exactly the same subject material, well, but not it, supposed to. That's... But it deals with with similar themes, and I think in a much more grounded. Well, the themes aren't what makes the movie good. It's the movie that makes the movie well, good. Sh- I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just I I felt um, I don't know. I felt moved after after blind spotting, and after this movie, I felt like well. Confused. <laughs> oh, I felt moved. Um, but it, but it was again like I liked it. I I just didn't love it. So yeah, like I said, um, I just felt it had energy. I like a movie with something to say. Yeah. Even if it's something to say, like it doesn't have to be something big to say. Right. Like, you know, it's got soul. I like movies with soul. Totally. Yeah. Like and even like a like you know, I don't want to bring things back to Star Wars. But even Star Wars is a movie with something to say. This, which one? Episode four, like those kind of movies. Oh, episode movies, four. Episode four was like this. I was reading a thing where George Lucas was talking about Vietnam and how like movies lack optimism. I want to bring optimism back to movies. And that's oh. like a movie. It's a movie with something to say about the nature of both the times they're in and movies and all sorts of stuff. You have to, there's a lot of subtext about the Vietnam War and the government and all that kind of stuff that you mm, gotcha. kind of read about. But for the most part, it's, it's got, it's, you know. Star Wars is bursting the scene with souls. I'm just saying that's an example, first example popping in my head. I like movies with soul. Well, the 70s was a very interesting, tumultuous time. I, I've, I've been really fascinated to learn more about the 70s for in a long time. In film or 70s in general? Just culturally speaking, the 70s seemed like just such a fucking mess. Oh, I have a book for you. Have you read Easy Rider's Raging Bulls? No, I remember you told oh, me about fucking that, fucking best though. book I ever read. Not, probably not really, but it's my favorite movie book. Everyone at home, it's a, mo- it's a book that details, chronicles the rise of the Hollywood Renaissance, I think from Bonnie and Clyde through Heaven's Gate. So from like mm. 1967 to 1980. So the seeds of it, the full-blown Hollywood Renaissance, um, all the crazy shenanigans all these various directors got onto, mostly everything, mostly Coke everywhere. And then um, how it came crashing <laughs> down course. with the rise of the blockbuster and like the fall of the, and the sort of, you know, Financial yeah. fall of these sort of esoteric art movies, right? Yeah, and the indulgences of these directors who refuse to, you know, give any ground to the studio, <laughs> and the studio just kind of let them, let them, let them hang. You know, uh, sorry, just skipping back to Black Klansman. Uh, Steve Buscemi's brother was in that movie. Is that who that guy was? Because like that guy's not Steve Buscemi, but boy, does he look like him. The first five minutes of that, before I completely saw his face, I'm like, oh shit, Steve Buscemi's in here, but like. But then I'm like, wait a second, that's not Steve Buscemi. Speaking of famous uh, family members, uh, the main character was Denzel Washington's son. I did not know that. Yeah. Is he a Hollywood newcomer? I guess so. I I, thought he did a great job. Yeah, he was good. He was quite fantastic. I mean, like, Adam Driver is also amazing, as usual. Yeah, Adam Driver. You know what's cool about Adam Driver is I think uh, he's just so unusual that I think he's never going to have a problem finding work. No, he's like a he's like a real like he's one of those character actors. He's a character actor, but he's a character actor that can lead movies. He's one of those very yeah. he's in a very unique crossroads, and I think that's why he's so great. I and mean, he, like he, he also like, seems like a consummate professional. Yeah, he seems well. I mean, like according to the the things I've read, he's not mean, but he's not friendly. 
Like right. he's like he's he's focused and he's like trying. He just kind of keeps to himself. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not one to uh, uh, fraternize. He's like how I am at work. I'm just like <laughs> I'm just trying to work. Uh, uh, um, I was the whole the whole time, but I did was thinking at some points during Black Panther, like man, I want, can't wait for the edit where someone takes all of his sound bites from this movie where he's pretending to be racist and like puts a filter on it and puts it over footage of Kylo Ren with the mask on. <laughs> just puts it just a fun cut uh wait which mo- of which movie so they take all of his uh all the dialogue of him and black clansmen t- saying all these racist oh, things gotcha. he's trying to pretend to be in the kkk oh, right. and they put a filter over it and they put it on the footage of episode seven or maybe episode nine if he gets the mask back <laughs> and like you know just cut stuff like that that i'm just i'm waiting for that cut when that comes out because have you seen the the uh someone did that with james Earl jones and all yes. of his old yeah movies like same thing they took clips from like coming from america uh, coming to yeah. america lion king yeah, some other stuff. Um, let me ask you this, because I, I was reading up some reviews about Black Klansman. Someone had mentioned that it, it doesn't necessarily have anything new to say about racism. Do you feel that? I mean, what? How? How could? How? What? What is new to say about racism? Well, their complaint was, and I don't know if I agree with this, and I, I sort of want to just throw it into uh, into a, in the forum here, is basically. Racism seems to be represented by like dumb redneck white people, right? But then we don't really ever see any movies where it's like like represented by uh I guess smarter people. I I guess in the sense where it's like people that you you sit there and you wonder like, huh, like these people are Smart, but then they're also racist. Oh, and like, I've, what, I've seen what several we, movies. I can't what think do we of, think of that? I, mean, I can think of one movie right off the top of my head that I saw that had a bit of that. Um, I saw uh, in the first scene in this movie called Crazy Rich Asians. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I and saw that. And these hoity-toity white guys like, why don't you go hang out in Chinatown, you Chinese oh, people? And then they're like, right. well, fuck you. I bought this hotel. Suck my balls. Yeah, I loved I That was a really great movie, I yeah. thought. Uh, Might as well talk about that. I yeah, guess. why don't we? Why don't we jump right into that? So, Crazy Rich Asians. I thought it was delightful. It was a delightful movie. Wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, and I'll be honest. I mean, r- romantic comedies or really movies about relationships and stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily my cup of tea. But uh, with that said, I, I, I thought it was really great. There, I appreciate good movies, and it was a good movie. Yeah. So uh, it was a beacon of its genre. And that's the thing is like there was never a point in that movie where I was bored. I wasn't like sitting there waiting for the next thing to happen. It mm-hmm. was just like, hey, this movie had it was just pure good energy, like good pacing, fun, like really awesome, like nuanced characters. Yeah, um, it had some twists and turns and things I didn't expect. That yeah. bit with the thing at the place at the end, didn't see that coming. You know what I'm talking about though. The there's a thing that's the thing there's the a thing <laughs> it's a small thing and it's set up halfway through the movie and it's kind of like a blink it you miss it kind of thing that's just mostly character building you think and then it comes into play at the end um in the uh in the plane uh and then uh-huh. then i don't know if my audience gasped at that moment did you have gasps jeez I, I don't know i don't know if i know what you're talking about it's uh the, the green thing the oh yeah oh okay yeah all right, I I don't want to be too spoilery for this one. Sure, no, yeah, we should hold off on it because it's a newer movie. Yeah, it's and a newer stuff. movie. Um, darn, yeah, there are some talking points I have about it, but I I can't say them because it would spoil the whole movie. Um, but yeah, great movie. I think it's like I I think Crazy Rich Asians is probably the the last big movie of the summer. 
I can't think of anything else that's coming that, out this um, month. That Muppets movie comes out next week. That's not like a big movie. I, I mean, that's going to be like no, yeah. sleeper hit status. Well, I mean, like Crazy Rich Asians was, uh, did higher than expected, which is great, but it still wasn't like, you know, oh, did Jurassic Park numbers. It's like uh, so far it's made over the week, I think it made 25 million, 35 total, which is more than its budget. So it made money back, not including uh, marketing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so it's quite successful, and it's also in terms of its genre, very successful. So I think everyone's quite pleased, and I hope we get a sequel because it's apparently three books. Yes, I'd it love is. To, I'd love. I would. I would love to see those characters again. Me and too. Also, mild spoilers. There's a mid credit stinger, and some character shows up, and everyone in my audience was like, "Wee!" I'm like, "Who? What is? Who?" There's someone I'd never seen that wasn't in the movie, never seen him before. Apparently, it's a book character. Oh, you know like, it's you know it's bad. Is I, I, I don't know if I saw that part. You didn't watch the mid credits trailer. I didn't think I, I didn't think there was going to be a stinger. It's a mid credit uh, stinger. That's a bummer, man. You got see. Uh, it's my personal rule is I always stay through the animated credits. Right. And once the scroll starts, I usually leave. Um, if not, or I say at the end. One oh, the oh no, no, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea who that was. Yeah, exactly. But my audience knew. Or at least some people do. Yeah. Did your audience? Did you see it with they the fun did. audience? Okay. They, they knew who it was. I I don't know who the actor was, and I don't know who I the character think it's, was. I mean, I think it's just like some sort of celebrity that's well-known or it something. It might be, but I don't, like, again, I, don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like I should know him, and I don't remember. Hey, audience, if you know who's in the, uh, the, the mid-credits stinger, why don't you leave a comment down below? I also thought they were going to do an obvious sequel setup. It's like, you know... Um, we're gonna get crazy this is not one really, more time i guess this is not this is a spoiler something that doesn't happen so i guess uh skip ahead 20 seconds if you care i thought they were gonna do like well now you gotta meet my dad and it's like i thought that womp, was, womp, and well apparently in the book um yeah he's a big character or something he's right? in that first book but he's not a big character apparently he just doesn't do much of anything i mean he's a character he's a big character in that he's in the book right um, they just sort of they left him out of the movie. Yeah, well, it's probably a good call because uh, you you know give some conflict to the next one. Also, I'm thinking you got you know Michelle Yeoh in there. Why don't you get Tony Al Fat have a little Crouching Tiger reunion? Oh uh, God, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm also you know Tony Al Fat in every movie. Why not? He, hey, he's great. I mean, he almost saved that Dragon Ball movie. Oh no, he didn't. He was uh, nothing. Could he was master? No, he, didn't. he was master Roshi in that movie, without a beard, beardless. That doesn't make a difference. Beardless that, master Roshi. You, you, everyone's always focused on haircuts. Who gives a shit about who's oh, haircuts? If something's a part of a character, I think maybe. Oh man, they can't believe James Bond is blonde. What the fuck, boycott? Weren't you just saying that you don't want Idris Elba to be James Bond because he's old? But that's, I mean, that's that's not a haircut. Okay. That's a different thing. All right. Because by the time he'd be finished with his tenure, he'd be like 60. That's too old. Well. Or you have to like make it about James Bond being really, really old. <laughs> when they've already kind of done that with Skyfall. And it's like. Yeah, yeah. And like you'd have to like, like really old. Like it'd be like, um, well, it'd be like, uh, what's that movie? Um, Tomorrow or Never Say Never Again, which is terrible. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you get that point, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, I don't I'll, care. I'll give you like, that. I would love, like, you know, I think James Bond should be black. That'd be cool if that's what you're insinuating, sir. No, not at all. Not at all. Get John Boyega or someone to do it. 
John Boyega's James Bond. Give him another no, five, like actually, or t- five or ten years. James Bond should be an unknown actor. Not unknown, but a like lesser-known actor, a up-and-coming actor. Oh, a, John Boyega's is Exactly. An up- so up-and-coming. I'm not, I'm not yeah. actually saying he should be it because he's already a star. You have to get someone like... If John, like what John Boyega was before he was in Star Wars, if he, you know that like that level, like maybe able to lead some small movies, like because I think Daniel Craig was in like Layer Cake, like he like was the lead in a couple of some movies. He was in uh, right. Road to Perdition, amazing movie by the way. Yeah. Um, have you seen Road to Perdition? Yeah, yes. Oh, so good. Like ten years ago, maybe. Um, Who directed that? Uh, Sam Mendes. Oh, speaking okay. of James Bond. All right. Well, I, I can't think of any James Bond casting. I, I think I'd be horrible with uh, It's like the thing. That. It's like in order to cast it right, I'd have to like be like a casting director and start looking at like bit roles in English dramas and shit. I think you're, I think you're on to something with Henry Cavill, but at this point, sort of maybe not. Yeah, well, he actually uh, auditioned. To, he was actually in the running to be Bond in 06 back in, back in the day. Wow, really? Whenever they were casting. Yeah, back but when, when they were, were thinking about making him really young. A young buck? Yeah. So he was there. <laughs> Back in the day, what is he? Early thirties or something? I read a fun 30s? story. There was one like he had like a neighbor, and like he would like hang out with her and her dog sometimes, or like see him at the park and stuff. And like he, like she wrote like an article about how he was just like this nice guy, and like he was whatever. And then one day he's like, oh, um, it's like oh you've been gone for a while. Where'd you go? I was like, oh I was in England. I was auditioning for James Bond. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then like you know a few like, a couple, he disappeared for a while, and then he's like fucking Superman. And apparently they like cross paths post Superman and he was like oh my god how's your dog and like and she was basically writing about how awesome he is and then they got married no I don't think that happened <laughs> um well he seems like a nice guy I mean he hey he, listen he took those those blows to uh Batman v Superman like a champ all right he didn't stare off into the distance longingly he, he took it like a <laughs> champ uh yeah there was no Simon and Garfunkel playing in his head during those interviews he uh, he took it like a champ. I mean, to be fair, if you're doing interviews right if Simon Garfunkel's playing in your head during it. Because <laughs> Simon Garfunkel's great. Yeah, they're so upbeat. They're so upbeat and chipper. Some songs are upbeat. Hello, darkness. Not mind. that one. <laughs> oh. Uh, I think Art Garfunkel is is just a funky. He's just a he's just a funky art. He's an he's an arty funky funky guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Simon was like I forget like isn't like I don't I don't remember I remember hearing this is all hearsay someone correct me if I'm wrong Paul Simon was the big creative force behind the duo. Yes, basically Paul Simon was like an actual like he wrote music and then he also sang, whereas like I think Art Garfunkel was probably the better singer. But he wasn't like any kind of musician, hmm. right? So you had one guy that was like the musician and the singer, and then you had this other guy that was like just singing with backup them. vocals. And so when they got in a fight and they split their, you know, they split and did their own separate things. It's like Paul Simon had much more control over what he was doing, and Art Garfunkel really just faded in, into obscurity because he didn't like he didn't have experience as like a a musician at all, hmm. like you know. So, plus, Paul Simon had Chevy Chase in his music videos, which, if well, there this, you go. If this is the, the early 80s, that helps. You did it. Yeah. You did it, Paul Simon. Well done. But he's like a little hobbit. He looks like a little hobbit, man. Well, that's not nice to say about people. 
I, I'm sure he would agree with me. Have you you've seen? Paul's, I know what he looks like. Yeah, he's like. Did you see four foot five or that commercial I saw in the movie at the movie theater where uh, the red M M&M and M turns into Danny DeVito? Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Well, yeah, I remember that. I, it's where he's like walking around asking people if they. They'd eat him, right, yeah. or something. Yeah, that was a good one. It's so weird how Danny DeVito's career went from like kind of like a more of a well-dressed, dapper gentleman to just being a weird, scuzzy grandpa type. I mean, like I've, he on purpose. Like that's his. Like that's what he's playing. You know, like that's his bread and butter nowadays. I'm sure he's not like that at all. But it's just weird how like his image changed. I think thanks he, to Always Sunny, he basically is Frank Reynolds now. He does. You know what he does now that he never used to do. Is he he Sex does scenes? the double pointing? You ever notice that? Hey, would you? he'd be like, hey, would you eat me or whatever? He does the double point, and that's a Frank Reynolds. I don't thing. remember him doing that in any anything. So yeah, and then he has the scuzzy hair. Yeah, he's he's just full blown Frank Reynolds. Hmm. Good for him. Oh, yeah, he's doing good. The <laughs> uh, what's the Rob McElhaney? How do you say his name? So Rob. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll he, just say McElhaney. He dropped out of the Minecraft movie, which is a good bummer because that was the only re- reason Who I was wanted he to the see writer? that movie. Director. Oh, he was the director. Writer director. Oh wow. And uh, yeah, that movie's going back to the drawing board. That uh, I'd probably, I would imagine, the Minecraft while still popular, the which uh, the like the, the you know the um the craze is a little. Gone. Yeah, I mean it's 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 like on the same level as like the emoji movie. It's sort of like what are we doing? Well, emojis right now? are like I would say it's probably on the same level as something like Angry Birds. And I don't, oh, I haven't seen yeah. Angry Birds. It might actually, I hear it's pretty good, but actually, but um, it's a movie that you know started production when Angry Birds was hot shit. Right. By the time it came out, Angry Birds was like replaced by whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like yeah, it's, it's like two years later, this thing comes out and like. Yeah, the, the, the world's on to the next thing. So, like, you know, Dear Hollywood, start your Fortnite movie right <laughs> now, and by the time it's it comes out, late. it might still no. make it. You know, I, uh, you know, I've been, st- I, I actually, like, at work and stuff, I've started doing VFX in the Unreal Engine, which is pretty sweet. You can make that whole movie in the Unreal Engine. The whole game's in the Unreal Engine. Just wow. make a movie that way. Save on rendering time, you're done. Yeah, you know, that is really cool. And it's it's a shame that most of the stuff that I see people make with, uh, uh, I, well, okay, is this the same thing? Um, people make m- these movies with, uh, was it Team Fortress or no? What is it? Team Fortress. Probably. Team Fortress. Was a Steam movie thing. That's, That's not the same thing though, right? No, it's different. That's like using okay. um, the Source Engine and uh, stuff like that. Okay. Steam Movie Maker. It's. Similar though, but that's a little different because you're taking like actual like game rigs and you're kind and of characters pu- puppeting and them. It's kind of like a it's a good way to learn like the basic animation. Would recommend any oh, okay. kids use or whatever using it. You know, yeah, like it, yeah. it's free too. Hey kids, for all our middle school audience, why don't you go out there and uh, learn how to make some Speaking fucking middle uh, school. some fucking movies, huh? <laughs> um. Anyways, we'll go into that later. Uh. But uh. Yeah. No. Like. Um. I don't know. You just see any of the. Thing. I post a bunch of stuff on Facebook about like because I've been converting some stuff in the Unreal Engine. It looks just as good as stuff that I yeah. was rendering in Redshift, uh, which is a rendering engine in Maya. Um, I did see some of that that you posted up, but that looks even better because actually I can get like I don't have to go Houdini to get fucking volumetrics. This is all sh- talking shop. 
with me. Y'all know what you, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but I understand. I don't what I'm know. What, about. I don't know what volumetrics. Uh, I like are. smoke and fog and dust. Particles. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. That stuff just push a button. It's there. Wow. Um, that's good. The thing that's also nice about Unreal for me as an animator is I don't have to worry about like running at 60 frames per second. I can run it like whatever the fuck frame rate I need to because I don't need to. I don't. No one's playing it. Oh yeah. So I can. I can. You know. All you know. Everything's high poly. I don't give a shit. <laughs> So I mean, are you working on like a thing right now? You I work on, on him, yeah. I work on working on the thing, yeah, but I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. I, I, but it's not like a personal project. I'm doing two things. I'm working on a personal project, and at work, coincidentally, I've started working on stuff in the Unreal Engine. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. VFX stuff. Yeah. Well, that's pretty uh, slam and jamming right there. Like uh, the yeah, the stuff I'm working on won't be in movies though, so. Gotcha. I'm not, yeah. I'm trying to be vague now. I'm, I've already gotten too much trouble right now. Just now. Shut up. Well, listen. <laughs> keep your keep your buddy Mike informed, even if it's, uh, you know, off the air. Am I right? Nope. NDAs. <laughs> Just serious kidding. business. Yeah, NDAs are serious business. Don't tell me anything, please. I won't. I, I haven't, and I won't. Um, well, shit. I mean... Uh, well, anyway, speaking uh, of middle school, I saw this other great movie. Yeah. Which I have not seen. Eighth oh, grade. Oh, oh, never mind then. No, no I want to see it. I haven't but seen I have it. Not Just seen kidding. It. Oh, no, man. Oh, man. I want to talk about it, but I guess I can't. I'll see it sometime between now and the next. Well, it's too late. I saw it last week because it was leaving theaters. It's gone now. It's gone. Oh, are you kidding me? Yep. Wow. I mean, it's gone in the local, and like in uh, you're in your local theaters. That I was sucks. like, yeah, like it's probably playing it like, you know, somewhere far, far, far the fuck away. Yeah. But yeah, I was like looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh shit, it's gonna be leave. leave. So like last Wednesday, I'm like weekday movie. Gotta yeah. see it. And boy, am I glad I did because eighth grade is phenomenal. That's another. Uh, I could see that. You know, that's another. That's so good that it could also be one of those like sleeper best picture right kind of yeah. things, like a Little Miss Sunshine type. Yeah. Um, well, Bo Burnham, right? Bo Bo Burnham. Man. Bo Burnham, how does one person get away with being so fucking talented? He's a just yeah. He's amazing. I remember seeing him on like. Some on Comedy Central, something like ten years ago, and being like, "Jesus Christ, this guy's fucking hilarious." It's interesting. I remember a friend telling me about how uh, because he got popular through, I think, YouTube or yeah, something. Yeah, I didn't right? even know about him through that. Yeah, no, but, I'm not that hipster. But other comics don't like him because they categorize him as that, as being a YouTube star. So all the comics are jealous. Well, it's true though. But yeah, other comics, he's sort of like on his own little island because other comics are like, "Eh, fuck this YouTube kid." But no, he's great. I like that special that he has on, I think Netflix. This is a, it's a great special. Yeah, my uncle apparently knew him as a kid, and he said he was quite, quite a good kid. Like Seems real, like a good, real kid. funny, goofy kid. Yeah. Um, Seems like he has a, his head in the right spot. Yeah, and now he made a, a successful movie that, uh, like, I shouldn't go into spoilers. It's not much to spoil, I suppose. Well, so it's I'm, about eighth grade. Thanks for spoiling about, it. So I guess I can go through my thing because, like, by the time you see it, it'll be too late. Yeah. Um, that movie I thought was it was really a really good encapsulation of what it's like to be in eighth grade for some people. Uh, like the first fifteen minutes gave me like PTSD. <laughs> I got like bad flashbacks. I'm like, oh god. Um, uh, especially there's a scene where she's in band and the band sounds like utter garbage, and I was like, oh man, this brings <laughs> me back. Ugh. Um, but uh. the themes of the movie I can relate to strongly, but the like what she goes through specifically or what she wants are a little different because first of all, she grows up in, in sort of the social media age, which I wasn't a part of. 
right. too old for that. Social media become a thing they'll have with you. High school for me, Same and here. even then I was resistant to join it, and still am bad at social media because it was never just a thing. It was always like I don't, I don't want to use this. Yeah. Um. So this is why that you know this is why this podcast is poorly, poorly uh, commercialized or whatever. Um. And like there's a bit of that, and like she wants. Like, she's just dealing with kind of different issues, mostly. Uh-huh. But, like, the thing that resonated with me the most strongly in the movie is, in middle school, it's the the quest to be noticed. Because the oh, difference yeah. between, um, like, in sixth... For me, sixth grade was the last year of elementary school. They changed it Same after I left sixth grade. Oh, wait, never mind. Like, it, usually it's sixth, seventh, eighth, or, 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 uh, our middle school. And for me, sixth was elementary Really? Yeah. So they switched it back? No, they switched. Sorry, I, I misspoke, I guess. They switched it. So like, I, when I was in eighth grade, uh-huh. they 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 were like, we're going to do things the normal way now. And sixth grade is now part of middle school. And they, like, they built a, oh. another middle school and they reshuffled all the people around. So like, gotcha. so like our, our, we were unusual until we weren't. And now we're normal again. But I wasn't part of that. So I only had middle school was only seventh and eighth grade for me. But like it's the sixth grade, you're still a bunch of kids, like you know, like whatever. You hang out with your class or whatever. And in seventh grade, you're dealing with you know literally four or five times as many people, and like you, you <laughs> realize like, oh man, oh my god, nobody gives a fuck about me. Seventh grade is the worst. I thought eighth grade was far worse for me. Oh okay. Cause well, my issue, and we're gonna go to deep feelings with Alex right now. Uh, my issue with eighth grade is that all my friends, cause we had our my eighth grade was basically split into we had like two hundred kids, and so we had like two groups of hundred. And all of my friends were in the other group, and the other class with the other teachers. So I was essentially alone with a bunch of kids I pretty much hated because they were all like jockish douchebags. Yeah. Um, Same exact thing happened to me. And all the kids who were like probably I would get along with had their own groups of friends. So I was just always kind of you know I only I was always just sort of left out. And then um, it kind of sucked because like also when you're in middle school, if you don't have a personality, if you don't have interests. And everyone around you does, that kind of blows. Because everyone's like, oh, man, I like these bands. Oh, man, I like this thing. And as a kid, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck music I like. Oh, I didn't yeah. know I liked movies back then, even though I would watch movies all the time. It's like yeah. that thing you don't realize that you have an interest until, like, high school. And like, oh, shit, I have interests. Right, yeah, yeah. And, like, that kind of stuff. And also you don't realize that, like, like in high school it was nice. Because also, like, I remember I started listening to certain kinds of music. And then one day looking on Wikipedia and they all had the same like categorization they're like progressive rock progressive rock i'm like oh do i like progressive rock and then like i started looking into it it's like oh fuck yeah i love progressive rock and like then you kind of like you begin to form like what your interests are in a more specific sense and so that was really helpful in high school at least and also i had friends in high school um but yeah uh, middle school sucked well you know the interesting thing about middle school is yeah like i was in the same shoes as you where uh i went into middle school and, I, and this was sixth grade but like all my friends had different classes and like a, l- a different lunch period even. Mm. So I just didn't see them all day, every, like n- never, right? And so I was surrounded by all these strangers and like, you know, at first it was like weird and then like y- you pick up a couple friends here and there, but they're not really like your friends out of interest. They're more your friends out of necessity, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know what you mean. And like that was maybe the entirety of middle school for me was hanging out with like weird like misfit kids Mm -hmm. right so then high school comes around and then all of a sudden everybody has the same lunch period and all that and and by the time i i I went back into high school it was like well here's my old friends from elementary school but we're like totally different people now 
and there's not really any going back to being friends with them. (laughs) You know, it's like I had already like sort of went on this other path and, uh, I don't know. I found that to be kind of interesting. And it's like, the weird thing is, is like, I, I think back to that whole time and like, like in high school, they went off and all of them became wrestlers. Like they're like, Oh yeah, let's do wrestling. Like all of them were doing wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself like, so if I had stuck with them that entire time, would I have done wrestling in high school? And then I think about that and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> no offense to wrestlers, but like, like wrestling or wrestling. Ooh. There's wrestling, like Greco Roman wrestling, like Olympic that, wrestling, that. and then there's wrestling. Yeah, no, like actual rest, like actual, wrestling. like you know, hey, your dick is, your crotch is in my face, and I'm flipping you over. Yeah, full Nelson type, well, half right. Nelson, but full Nelson's legal. But like high, by the time high school came around, it's like I was, you know, hanging out with a bunch of like weird misfit misfits that had turned into metalheads. And then I thought, like, oh, this is, like, cool. Like, I could actually look back and be, like, hey, I hung out with people that were, like, into music and, like, into culture and, like, into all that instead of, no offense, but people that were just into Greco-Roman wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, like, I, like, my, like, because, like, my high school, like, American high schools, I don't know, at least my in my experience, don't really have cliques, aren't really, like, the movies, Everyone oh, just kinda mine hang- was. Holy oh, shit. Well, maybe like it's a California thing. But in my high school, everyone just kind of was cool. Every like all the groups were fluid and kind of moved really? in with each other for the most part. Um, there were certain like a lot of uh, yeah. I get there were a couple of groups that kind of stuck to themselves, Scots, um, <laughs> those types, <laughs> um, and also uh, yeah. But like for the most part, everyone was pretty chill with every with everyone else. Um, I was, but the, the everyone had that kind of their main hangout group. Mine was the band, like the marching band. Because mm-hmm. uh, me and a bunch, because you know, I found my people, which is a bunch of dweebs. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that was fun. Bunch of dweebs. So, eighth grade, the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it did it sort of resonate that way, I suppose. It did, and like and again, it's like a, it's a it's a young girl's sort of trying to find her place in the world. You could say it's yeah. like she's like it's a little different, but like it's like you know she's trying to to be noticed, and like there's a great part where she makes little YouTube videos, and there's a great little like. Thing where the camera pans through all our videos and it's like zero views, zero views, zero views. It reminded me a lot of this podcast, actually. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, it's sad. Like, you know, like you just do stuff to try and try and be somebody. And so it's always like, right. sad. But like her problems are a little different. Like she's also like trying to like, you know, you know, find herself romantically and that kind of stuff too. Which right. I, I, like middle school me was like, I was a fucking fat piece of fat kid. Um, <laughs> So I didn't even. I was like, yeah, you know, I already already given up. I was a fat kid too. Yeah, was, um, was, I, I was a fat kid until I turned twenty. Okay. And then, um, now let me ask you this, because I definitely was this way, and I'm sure most teenagers are this way. But I remember, you know, you're in you're in eighth grade, and I mean, looking back now, it's like, man, we didn't have a fucking care in the world. We didn't have a problem in the world, man. Like. Holy shit, like, what do we have to worry about? Homework? Whatever, right? But anyways, I remember my big thing was always like, man, I wish girls liked me. God, I wish I had a girlfriend. Man, I'm so sad that I'm not with a girl. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. Was it like that with you? No, I was like, man, I wish someone would talk to me. Oh, okay. So. 
Well, hey, I'm talking to you right I now. Used to, I used to, my, 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 my ingenious plan was like, I'm going to hold the door open for a bunch of people so people will think I'm a nice guy and they'll start talking to me. Never happened. You mean you held the, you would hold like, the door and, like, open? Like people were like coming from a set, like, you know, like coming from outside and stuff. Like, oh, I'll just hold the door open for some people. And then, well, first of all, you get stuck holding the door open for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know. I was the worst. <laughs> Uh, and then, like a lot of times in high school, I'd be like, "Hey, like I'd talk to people while I, who were in my middle school classes, and they're like, who are you again?'" I'm like, oh. "Dude, I like knew you for two fucking years, you asshole." See, what I thought was funny with me is like people thought I was a nerd, as in people thought I was smart. <laughs> so there was this one kid that insisted on copying off my like tests and stuff mm-hmm. in this class, or you know what I mean? He would always be looking over at my answers, always. And I just didn't have the heart to tell him, like, hey, man, I'm not, like, any good at this. <laughs> hmm. So he would copy my shit, and then, like, we probably both got, like, C's or no, something. I, <laughs> I was okay at moment, some subject, but history, like, this is my, I don't want to brag, but I will. My, my, this is my, my peak. I peaked, my academic peak is in history class in seventh and uh, in eighth grade, specifically. I never missed a question. Wow. 100% of that whole class. Jeez. Which uh, eighth grade history is... Well, that was uh, geography. This is world history. Uh, okay. In a sense, sort of like, like you know, regional history. Gotcha. Uh, they call it geography. In American history, I think I got like a 99%. Wow. Well, see, history, I think, given in the right context... With a good teacher. ...is like really fucking interesting stuff. And the problem is, is like, I didn't appreciate history until college. Oh, I've been blessed with good history teachers. That's good, because mine sucked. Yeah. Mine were always just like, okay, here's a video, or here's your textbook, just read through this and answer the questions at the end of the chapter. And it's like, God damn it. And then it was always a thing where it's like, okay, the question would be at the end of the chapter, and they'd fucking highlight the answer in... in the chapter, they'd be like, oh, here it is. Here's the, the bolded mm-hmm. uh, answer to this question. So then, you know, I'm sure 99.9% of students with that curriculum are, are not going to actually read the chapter. They're just going to be like, well, uh, there it is. And then here's the answer. And then that's it. Like my history teachers are awesome because not only did they know that like, they like were interested in history, but like you could ask them any question about your topic that wasn't like in the textbook and they could answer it. They'd be like, yeah. they knew their shit. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, history's amazing, but no one care no one it's one of those things that like I think generally speaking as a culture people don't really um care <laughs> enough so then no one ever learns anything. Mm. And then we're stuck repeating the same mistakes. The same exact mistakes. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so um, in eighth grade, the character that I identified with the most, uh, for the most part, actually, was actually the dad. Oh, yeah. Because the dad, there's a character, just like everything he said and did was like exactly how I would react in that situation. Uh-huh. It's like, I like this guy. This guy knows what, <laughs> what's up. Like, you would always like, you know, when like the girl would snip at him, he would like take it and make it a, make it a joke, you know? Like, right. It's like exactly how I would deal with with someone in that situation. Oh wow. Well that's good. It's like, oh, it's such a he's a cool guy. <laughs> Probably one of cinema's greatest dads, I'd say. Are there very many movies about middle school? I feel like maybe there's not. There are movies about kids in middle school, but they're not about middle school. It's like fucking Super 8 or whatever. You know, like that, right. those it's, kind of movies. It's like middle school kids but they're or, dealing, uh, dealing with monsters. Uh Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. Um yeah. The the better uh, version of 
Super 8. Oops. You're good. Knock the table with my fat knees. So what what would happen if the Stranger Kids... The the, Stranger Kids. What would happen if the Stranger Thing Kids met the Super 8 Kids? Who would win in a fight? Well, the Super 8 Kids are older now. They are older and basically disenfranchised. Like, I haven't seen any of those kids in any movies. I think I read something that one of the kids got... uh, Never mind, I don't want to get Arrested? No, there was a thing I saw. I didn't really look into it, but I think someone said that it was... I didn't look read the article, but there was a thing with Dario Argento and... One of the kids from Stranger Things. Don't look into yourself. I didn't read it. Oh, okay. Um, some sort of unfortunate doings. No. Um Jeez. Huh. Not Dario. A.J. Argento. Not Dario Argento. That's I don't know who any of these people are. Dario Argento's the director, and A.J. Argento's her daughter and a actress. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Read it yourself. I'm not going to go into it. I don't know the information. Right. I hear there's maybe only, only going to be three seasons of Stranger Things. I thought that too, but then I think they said they're... Gonna keep going. Oh, I, See, I think three is good. You know, I'd say three. Just, just but it. if to be fair, the '80s tradition is sequels forever. Well, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Not just know. the '80s, but the '80s and forthcoming. Right, well, '80s the, horror. I should say. Oh, okay, gotcha. Friday Thirteenth Part Eight. Yeah, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street Part Six. <laughs> Halloween. They got the six until they re- did the reboot. Not the reboot. Though, Yo, the Halloween H two O. Is that a reboot? All right, Busta Rhymes. That ca- that's like a continuity reboot, right? They're- is it? I I never I've never seen any of those. That movies. new Halloween looks pretty slick. See the trailer? Yeah, that's um. Uh, what's his face? Is it Danny McBride? To that? And Danny the other McBride. Guy. Yeah, and his other partner who I don't know the name of. I'm sorry, that guy. And then of course, ten years ago, probably it was uh, Rob Zombie doing those, right? No, yeah, but people don't really like those. I hear. Yeah, I've never seen. He's not a great those. He's not a great filmmaker. That Rob Zombie. Never seen any of his movies actually, so I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I applaud. I applaud the, uh, the effort. Well, hey, you know, I'm not like anyone who like. Picks up a camera, starts making a movie, and got my respect. Totally, it's hard. Yeah, depending on what you're making a movie of and what your message is trying to be. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. If it's a bad message, then fuck that. Yeah. So there's a, a small difference. Um, mm-hmm. um. So yeah, eighth grade, strong recommend. Would like I would go into some more specifics, but there's not much to talk about, I guess. Yeah. And with like, I mean, like, sorry, there's a lot to talk about, but. You know the, the specifics, like they're only like minor things. Right. Like they're yeah. like, oh, can, what about, oh, can you believe this scene or this scene or something? It's a really great speech at the end. That's about it. Okay. Um. But yeah. You know, be yourself or whatever. The- be yourself. Well, here's the thing: to survive school, I think, unfortunately, my my advice would be like, hey, maybe don't be yourself. Maybe you should give in to peer pressure. No. Because it's murder. Otherwise. Well, it depends on your what yourself is. Thankfully, like, I knew, like, you have to like read the room. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're not talking. Everyone who's listening is probably over the age of like twenty five. Well, yeah. But uh, you know, you have to like in, in like high school and stuff. I was able to read the room. I I didn't own any graphic tees because even though I liked like Star Wars and stuff, it's like I'm not gonna wear a Star Wars t shirt. Oh yeah. I'll get I'll get thrown out of the school. Murdered. Yeah. You know, going uh, even though I was. A huge dork, but I just like you know, it's like I gotta like you know I have I have some semblance of coolitude. Well, yeah, but, but no, it, it's true. You gotta read the room. Like I remember, there's this kid. Also, okay. I was fat. You know, fat <laughs> doesn't lend itself good to that kind of stuff. Like if I was hot, I could, but I'm not. So, 
if you're like a supermodel, yeah, I could wear any kind of shirt. Wearing a Star Wars, that, and honestly, unfortunately, I think that's what what it more boils down to. Yeah, that's mostly it, though. Yeah, it's like, hey, if you're a cool kid, like there's a South Park episode where it was like the cool kid in class played basketball. So then all of a sudden, everybody was into basketball, <laughs> and so then uh, we, <laughs> the four kids are like, we gotta learn how to play basketball, you guys, even though we fucking hate it. So that. So then, uh, oh, no, 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 it was the other way around. It was the other way around. So this kid was being forced by his dad to be in musicals, like right. high school oh, musicals yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, so this kid would be singing and dancing, but he absolutely hated it. All he wanted to do was play basketball. But then before anything happened, like, okay, so the, so then the four main characters, you know, Kenny and Cartman and Stan, The rest. Yeah. Uh, they're like, hey, guys, we got to learn, we got to jump onto this high school musical thing because then people are going to think we're cool. Mm-hmm. So then the moment they do that, uh, this kid resolves whatever he had with his dad. And then this kid just goes off and plays basketball. And then the whole school's like, uh, fuck musicals. We're just into basketball now. And then the four kids are unpopular again. Yep. And that's totally realistic. I wouldn't know. I never did. Well, I did. I was in musicals in the middle school. You were in musical? I was a musical. I was a thespian in middle school. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. A bit of a huh. musical theater type. What uh, what uh, musicals were you in? Well, the biggest one was Bye Bye Birdie. Oh shit! That was the Paul Lynn character. Oh okay. I um, mean, in the movie version, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I got to sing my yeah. own songs. That's great. Your own songs. I mean, I had like months, like songs. Like I was the only singer. Like oh, that's cool. Wow, look at this guy over here. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and now I just sing in my car. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> What would you do if, like, uh, someone from your middle school is like, hey, Alex, we're getting the gang back together. One last musical, one last ride. I'd be like, who are you? <laughs> um, no, yeah, like, I didn't, like, yeah, my, my friends weren't in musical theater. It was mostly just me and some other cool folks. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what happened to them. Now, I have a weird question for you, because you would know this much better than I would. When it comes to theater kids mm-hmm. and it, when it comes to band kids... It seems like a very like, I hate to put it this way, but like an incestuous crowd. Hmm, incestuous, eh? What do you mean, like, like everyone's fucking? Well, like every, it's like, yeah. Well, not because no, not the answer fucking, but I, like for band crowd, no, not at all that I was aware. It's of. not everybody dating each other and stuff because not theater, like, a little bit, but like it was like always very wholesome. Theater kids seem like they did that shit. Theater kids were probably, you know, all who knows what they were up to. I was like I middle school theater so it's different. Oh, okay. Middle school theater was a little more tame. high school high school theater. Wasn't was, in high school theater cuz I had to choose between band and that. Sex, drugs and rock and so, roll. So like, huh? you know, I'm going to marching band cuz marching band's going to like, "Hey, you want to go Hawaii this year?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go Hawaii." So, that's why I was in marching band. <laughs> theater ain't taking you anywhere. Except for Hollywood, and I've been there, kind of dirty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's so I chose band. I might have been able to swing both. It was hard though. Right. Um, but that always seemed to be yeah, the, I, I, that so. always seemed to be the thing that I would notice, especially in high school. Well, because everybody's, you know, banging anyways or whatever. Yeah, but so. like, yeah, all the theater kids were like always hooking up. I say, so, yeah, I didn't know much about that. Like, you know, my, I went to a theater camp, and they were a little older. Like, there was, like, from middle school, high school, I think it was a little bit of a swath of people. Um, mostly all I could tell from then is, like, people just really liked Chicago. Oh. Which came out at the time. Yeah. And 
fucking Chicago's great, so I liked it too. And then it shifted to Rent, which I will I I I disagree. Disagree. I disagree with everything you're saying right now. Something six hundred whatever minutes. I watched like ten minutes. I'm like, I cannot do this, and I stopped watching the movie. I couldn't do it. I don't know anything about Rent except for uh, I had a real, real asshole general manager at at uh, the movie theater I worked at, and that was like his big favorite movie. But he was such an asshole to everybody that it was sort of like, if he likes Rent, then I guess I don't. The biggest Rent fan was in my in, the, in my in high school in, in the band. He was like the guy that like until he graduated was like the guy who controlled like the music in in the band room. Like oh, in, like we had like a band locker room, which is kind of just like a bunch of cages. Where you keep your instruments, and we just right. hang out in there, like in the, in, during lunch and stuff. And he would just like he had like a little iPod dock, and he would just control the music. It was mostly good stuff, yeah, like classic rock, like good shit. But like, yeah, you know, he would never play that stuff. But he was the guy that loved Rent the most. Um, he was really he was a cool guy though. So, huh. didn't didn't uh, that was the only my most of my experience <laughs> with Rent was through him. Um, there is like this is a I don't know if you know this, but there's a very good uh, film essayist on YouTube named Lindsay Ellis who does a really good analysis of. Rent and uh, why it's problematic. Oh, so would recommend that strongly. Interesting. She's I know like one of the big ones, I think. Yeah. In terms of the film criticism circles, or that, not cri- film? What's not criticism? Uh, analysis. You know, like uh, theory, film theory. Oh, okay. That's what. Gotcha. It's just a great. She's a series of analyzing Transformers through different lenses, like feminism and queer theory oh, and socialism. And it's really, really interesting. That I would be interested in that. So actually. yeah, just watch all of her shit. Lindsay Ellis. Ellis. Man, I'm gonna have to remember that somehow. I can send um, you a link. I'll probably ask you about it later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, Rent came out like. Uh, Oh five, oh five, oh six, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that was a weird, weird little three, four years of movies there. So like Hamilton's the new hit play, right? Like I can imagine because like for a while it was Chicago and then it was Rent. I think it was when the movies came out. Oh, and then I don't know what happened. It was probably like Wicked. I think it was Wicked near the end of my high school. Thing. Oh, okay, that but sounds was, about right. And yeah. then it was probably Book of Mormon. Uh huh. I'm sure I'm missing like some. There's some gaps, and then it was Hamilton. I'm waiting for that Hamilton movie adaptation because I feel like they're gonna, especially because David Diggs now is like hot shit, like he's every like he's Tay Diggs, not Tay Diggs. Oh man, uh, David, who's David Diggs? He was in Hamilton. He was in Blind Spotting. He he's in Blackish. He's in a lot of stuff. He's just blowing up that guy. In mm-hmm. Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, he's in there too. Oh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I saw him live at the Smell. I saw him rap live at the Smell. Was he good? He it was a great show. No. Yeah, he's well, he's like apparently one of the fastest rappers Ooh. alive. Those are always very impressive. And like, it was like, were, damn, this guy's amazing. Those fast rappers. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Hamilton movie is going to be made anytime soon. I think there are certain like restrictions to it oh, i think okay. like their theaters have like rights to like film their shows and like be the only things or uh, something some but exclusivity deals limuel miranda's first play is becoming a movie the one he made before hamilton that made him a star oh okay even though i never heard about him until hamilton but like me and most people but hey he's a talented so-and-so he's didn't he write music for the new mary poppins movie he is come out this and year he's gonna be in it he wrote I, that song for star wars i totally f- Wait, what? He wrote the Cantina song in episode seven. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. Which is a fun little ditty. Yeah, it is. There's a fun story where uh, 
J.J. Abrams was like backstage in Hamilton, and he's like, he was like, "Hey, Lim, ma'am, ma- ma- or whatever, whatever your fucking name is, how you doing?" He's like, "Hey, good. Hey, J.J. Abrams, what do you want me to write a song for Star Wars or something?" And J.J.'s like, "Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, yeah." So that's precisely what I had in mind. Me, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> you don't say no to me. King of Hollywood, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> well, Alex, I think we're, uh, I think we're long in the tooth. Why don't we call it a night? Yeah, okay. Tell you what, it's I'll be uh, Black Widow. You be the Hulk. No. Uh, I'll say that weird thing about the day is getting long or whatever. Sun's getting hell. real low. Sun's getting real low. That's right. No, yeah. I do like the Hulk. And then the Thor, Thor's the Thor, the Thor. Thor tried saying it to Hulk, but then I think he just like smashed him. Right? Yeah, that yeah. was a good moment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the sun's getting real low. Yeah, and if you wanted something, something real low, whatever, you can reach us at filmtestedvoyage.com, filmtestedvoyage at gmail.com, facebook.com slash filmtestedvoyage, youtube.com slash filmtestedvoyage, question mark, not sure what the URL is. You need to do a lot with YouTube in order to get a custom URL. So okay. just search, search film, fa- film, oh film, my God. film faster voyage. Search Filmtastic Voyage on YouTube. On FooTubes. On FooTubes, and you'll, you'll find us. Yeah. I'm also go to the website and we'll link all that stuff. You know, yeah. There's like we're gonna the internet's gonna be lousy with film tested voyages. Links everywhere. Who knows? <laughs> um, and then also we're on a certain little website called Letterboxd. Uh, you can find all of our reviews, what we've been watching. You can look at my film diary and look at everything I've been watching because that's all I do basically. Uh, I'm Batman Crothers, all one word. I'm Mr. Kerosene. That's M R K E R O S C N E. Brag about it. Yeah. Uh, hey everybody, we are part of a larger podcast network. Um, it's called the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. I noticed a few of you tuned into our YouTube uh, video last time. Thank you for doing that. But hey, you can find all the Let Me Listen podcasts on their network, our network. That's on SoundCloud. That's also on iTunes. Hey, leave us some comments. Leave us some messages. Or leave us some messages. Leave us some comments. Leave us some ratings. Leave us some messages. Whatever you want to do. Tell your friends about us. Just like tell us random shit you want to tell us. I don't yeah, get, seriously. Yeah, you know, like it's like, Give oh some- man, eighth grade sucked for me. I want to hear that. I actually do. Yeah. Uh, send us some hate mail. That's no, don't basically. do that. Don't. <laughs> don't. don't, don't send hate. I feed on hate. Yeah, you can send, send hate mail to him. I'm not going to. I don't want to. All right, everybody. Not saying goodbye. Just saying. That what is that supposed to mean? You said that like a few times, and I don't get it.